0: Do you have chronic sinusitis? Have your allergies and congestion gotten worse over the past few years? Do you want to find the root cause to your sinus and congestion problems and ditch medication? If so, you are like Keisha, the winner of our spring giveaway. Keisha has chronic sinusitis, allergies, and congestion. She notices things improve when she cleans up her diet or doesn't eat at all, aka fasting, so she knows there's a connection to her gut, but how can she find the root cause of her sinusitis? This week, I'm releasing a bonus episode for you to listen to with my conversation with Keisha just two days before the Better Belly Blueprint closes its doors for enrollment, The Better Belly Blueprint is my online course plus group coaching program that teaches you everything I recommend Keisha to do when it comes to healing her gut. So buckle in and get ready to learn the six steps I recommend to her to handle chronic sinusitis and hear the two root causes I think Keisha is dealing with. They may just be the same things that will help you. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical doable belly exercises and massages, and debunk the myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Hey, Keisha, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So Keisha, we are doing an unstuck session. You won it in our spring giveaway. You left a review on the podcast. You shared it with us. I loved your review. It was very heartwarming. And now we get to work on you. Time to give back to Keisha. So uh, what our goal is here on our unstuck sessions is for you to walk away with three to five practical things that you can w- you can look at trying next in your health. And these could be lab recommendations, supplement recommendations, practitioners to work with, or to look for uh, food or diet changes to make, anything that seems relevant from what we discuss. And then you can move forward knowing that those are some resources or things that you can do to continue optimizing your health. But before we dig into all that, what I would love to hear from you is in your own words, what would you like to get out of today's call?
1: So out of today's call, I would really like to get to the root cause of my internal problems, like my allergies, my sinus issues that I've been dealing with for years, um, really to just um, gain insight on the gut connection to sinuses and allergies, and just to be able to heal and um, just get better.
0: Amen. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, as we're speaking, do you have any like sinus pressure or
1: discomfort? I actually do, like, like sinus pressure in my near my eyebrows. Um, I woke up with a stuffy nose this morning. That's like every morning, so yeah, I'm dealing with problems as of now. <laughs> All
0: right, and I'm looking in your notes here. You said that you've noticed having these sinus problems since 13 years old. Yes. And have they? have you feel like they, have they gotten worse over time? Like, so you're in college right now, would you say, you know, since you started college, it's been worse or high school got worse? Or has it been about the same? Like it's like started full
1: blown in 13 hasn't changed. Tell me about that. I would say back then it was definitely worse because I didn't know how to, how to manage my symptoms. So, um, as I got older, I started to do more research. So I started to like fast and, um, Eat healthier foods, so I noticed that really helped um help my symptoms. So it's been better over time, but it was definitely worse back then. How often do you fast or
0: or what I mean, like what type of fasting are you doing? That's probably a better question right.
1: So, um, I do intermittent fasting. so sometimes I don't eat after like seven p m. And I also, like every other week, I may do like a fruit fast or I made water fast for two days just to reset, you know, my gut. Um, That's pretty much it. Do you notice improvement in your sinus symptoms when you do those? Yes. Yes. I can breathe better. Yes.
0: Okay. Yep. Yep. It's like, that's like just a solid sign of leaky gut. If you fast Mm -hmm. and feel better, whatever the symptom is, Um, And maybe I'm telling you something and you're like, tell me something I don't know. But I'm just confirming if you've ever wondered, basically your your body's has like chronic toxicity going on. And then when you eat food, even if it's really healthy, even if it's gluten free or whatever the the parameters are, um, but then there's leaky gut, then you're getting food particles that aren't fully digested. They'll get in the bloodstream. Talk about weird. The immune system's like, what's this big piece of banana doing here? And it'll attack it, which it should. You don't want random particles in your bloodstream, but then the immune system learns to hate banana and your immune system is really elevated like all the time. And that's leaky gut. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably great for you to know, at least if you're like, I have an exam, I want to feel good, I'll fast. But (laughs) ideally you want to not have to fast.
1: Exactly.
0: Now, I do want to ask you a little quick question. You pointed at your face when you're talking about the sinus pressure, do you get it worse on one side than the other? Sinus pressure. So it's
1: actually, it's actually on both sides. It's so weird, but and it actually like hurts when I like put pressure on it. My eyebrows, mm-hmm. um, and it's worse in the eyebrows than like your cheekbones or something. Absolutely yes.
0: Um, th- we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit around about questions before we come back to the gut. But let's start with: okay. Have you ever had any dental work? Um, so like teeth pulled,
1: any I don't know root canals, braces, uh, anything there. I've had braces. Um, I got braces when I was about twelve years old. I had them for six years. Um, I only had my tooth pulled once, but that was because I broke it on yeah. a piece of food. But Ooh. that's really it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How old were you when that happened?
1: I was about thirteen years old.
0: Oh, that thirteen was a big year for you.
1: Um, it was. And then yes. twelve. Braces at twelve. Did you move homes
0: at all in that period time period? So you you know middle school, maybe seventh grade.
1: Seventh I grade? did. Yes, I was actually moving like changing schools a lot. Okay. Um, I did move um, homes. I actually moved like sh- like across the street. It's a whole other subdivision, but yep. Yeah. Sure. So moved You'd homes, moved schools.
0: What What were some of the Was that? Tell me some of the years when you were moving homes or moving schools. I'm just going to write them down. I want to start from, okay. like, 11 to 16 or something, anything in there.
1: Okay, so um, 11, uh, I went to school from, what's that, like, 4th grade to 8th grade. I was about 14 when I left that school, went to high school I, 14, left at 17, moved homes when I was in high school. So after leaving middle school, so after eighth grade, um, that's when I moved.
0: Okay. So eighth grade and that, that would have been
1: 2017, 14 years old or like about 14.
0: Okay. So eighth grade, 14 years old. That was, that was the first time you'd moved since making sure I'm tracking with you, moved homes. Yes. So your sinus problems. You say thirteen, seventh grade, but fourteen you moved homes.
1: Yes. Okay. Continue. Um so yeah, I only moved once. Okay. Um, but schools that was when I was younger, I moved like from school to school, but after Middle school, I just, you know, stayed at the same high school. So I didn't really do too much moving, but yeah.
0: Do you snore when you sleep? Do you know? Or like ever, maybe um, not now, but in the past?
1: In the past I used to like I remember my, my mom would record me snoring. That's how bad it was. And she um showed it to my doctor and my oh, doctor was yes. how old were you when yeah. she did this? I was about probably eight years old. I was oh, about eight? eight years old. Yeah
0: okay and showed the doctor what did the doctor say
1: (laughs) the doctor was so concerned because I don't know I was snoring like a grown man Sure, like it was that bad right right okay okay
0: um that actually is a great piece of information let's Mm -hmm. see um so, eight years old, you were snoring. Do you know, like, has it stopped at all? I don't know if you have any roommates in college right now or if anybody can tell you if you snore. Um, no. Okay. No, Not that good. I
1: know of. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, I'm going to switch gears here. And you completed several self-screening, uh, assess- self-assessments. So, thanks for doing that. So, I'm going to take a quick look. You had H. pylori self-screening. And you you qualified for nine out of 23 points for possible likelihood. Your yes. candida scoring was 105, which for you put you in the possibly present in women with scores over 60, but you didn't have over 120 where it's probably present. Mm-hmm. Parasite screening... Oh, that was, let's see, your actual health history is low, but your symptoms have a little bit more correlation, but yeah, kind of lower side of things. And I would actually say that's not what I'm most suspicious of just from your health history and your baking soda test results. I just want to confirm with you. um, You put one for two mornings, which it was like, it took a minute for you to burp those two mornings and then 3600 so like most of the day
1: yeah like it was so weird the first day um I didn't burp at all okay okay yeah I was like that wasn't (laughs) a typo was it
0: (laughs) I gotcha (laughs) okay so I mean and that's that's why we do three days in a row because stomach acid varies a lot um if you know if we one thing you could do after this call is just do another three days and see, do you get that high the variance? Do you get more results that are longer, more results that are shorter? Just getting more data at that point because it's fairly common. You can get a really wide variance
1: with right. that test,
0: but um, let's see. You cut out high sodium and sugar and processed foods, especially dairy yes um for some of your diet changes you've done you have a hard time getting a full breath which you notice during exercise or yoga do you get any stitches in your sides when you run or like do any exercise okay i'm gonna write that one down real quick had you ever thought about that like before I asked, or like had you ever like really trained it you, where you're just like, oh, that's just me? Or and when I, when I asked, you're like, Yes, that is true. Or I don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> Maybe you'd heard it sure. on a podcast.
0: Sometimes I talk about it there. Yeah. Definitely. When you have a difficulty getting full breath, do you feel a restriction in a certain spot? Like when you're trying to breathe, do you feel like, oh, it's like right, you know, could you point somewhere where you're like, oh, that's where it, sucks. Okay. So when you say difficulty getting a full breath, you're not like, it's difficult for the air to get through the nose. It's not so much like, like into the lungs for you. Right. You have to probably have to breathe with your mouth to
1: exercise. Yes. I'm sorry. It just feels like my nasals, like the passageways are always inflamed. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to breathe. Have you ever been evaluated
0: for a deviated septum? So like- Having usually this would be an ENT, ear, nose, and throat doctor would look at your nose and try to see does it have is it like crooked inside? And like, have it- I have it okay? I'm not necessarily sure that you do have it, but it wouldn't help your sinus problem. So, when we're thinking sinuses, I totally if you possibly heard me talk about on the podcast, um, my gut sinus connection, right? And you've noticed an improvement in your overall sinus symptoms, definitely related to the gut. Um, There's also a problem um, whenever we're thinking sinus and gut, especially when they're both angry at each other together. I always think about mold. So there's like air quality concerns. And that's part of what I'm asking in terms of have you moved, did you move somewhere new in that time period? Because part of me is wondering, like, did you go from a non moldy environment to a moldy environment at around age 13 or maybe age 12? And that like started causing immune problems and mold can cause gut problems. Like it enables candida overgrowth. So then even if you move out of a moldy environment, then you can still have ongoing problems once it's like in your body because you basically become the moldy piece of bread and you are like your own mold environment and it really does mm-hmm. damage gut problems. So now you're like, well, I see the gut problems and it gets better with food, but it could actually be um, the actual mold enabling other gut pathogens, candida being the biggest one I'm, I'd am i be suspicious of, um, though you have some like reasons to look at H. pylori because... H. pylori and candy to love each other. They're like BFFs. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's happening, say you're breathing in mold into your head. Those that's all biochemical uh components, all the invisible kind of chemistry stuff going on. By the way,
1: I didn't ask what do you study in college? I'm so curious. Um, public health with a minor in nutrition. Okay. Okay. Yes. This is like up your field. You're like
0: you're your own little case study. <laughs> Public absolutely, health, absolutely yes. <laughs> go work on all the moldy homes in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> public health right. concern number one.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: this is great. I love it. Um, so not that I love that you have sinus problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, okay. So that's biochemical chemistry stuff going on. But then there is a concern and something I always like to screen people for when we when we're thinking sinus health is the structural component that the bones of your head pretty much. Right. So um, I've had friends, I've had clients who sometimes it's the the sinus stuff is only structural. It's only the fact that like the bones in your of your cheekbones and your eye sockets and your sinuses aren't like maybe there there's a problem with airflow and they're crooked in one area or smoshed, smoshed, smushed in one area. Um, And that will then set you up that allergens are just going to get stuck and really irritated in the, in the lining of the sinuses. And then you get a lot of irritation, but you have a strike against you that diet change improves your sinus symptoms. So there's at least a biochemical component. And what I'd be curious is there a biochemical and a structural, and that's what we don't fully know, but I will tell you, I am suspicious of it. And here's why, by the way, do you feel like you're tracking okay with me right now? yes great great um so you the the structural reason it, i the, this was actually i didn't make a huge noise or anything when you said this but you got braces when you were 12 years old and braces we put them on i mean the, you feel how much pressure there are you're like my parents would always be like when you get braces you get us you get like an ice cream not smoothie what are they called milkshake you get a milkshake cuz you got braces and you're like it's the only consolation prize i'm i'm care about Right. Braces are really intense, but they actually compress the two cranial bones in our head. We have 22, but two of them compress them together. There are maxilla, maxillary bones, and when they do that, it it affects all other 20 bones in the head, all of them, because they all touch each other and they all should be moving a little bit with something called the craniosacral rhythm. And it's like a it's a very very small rhythm, but it it's essentially breathing for the brain and it helps fluid move around the brain. Uh, primarily two types of fluid, if you want to know, which is blood and cerebral spinal fluid, which is feeding the brain. It's detoxing the brain. It's giving the brain some buoyancy. So you don't, you know, get concussions easily, all that stuff. Um, and when we get a lot of pressure put on like braces and, and like I had braces, right. But some people, depending on what's going on in the mouth or head, like you were already snoring at eight, you already had cranial problems at eight, a hundred percent. Now it's possible it was even younger, maybe zero, like coming out of the womb. Like, did you have latching problems for breastfeeding? Actually don't, if you know that that's another sign that you've had, you know, oral problems your whole life, it's possible you have a undiagnosed tongue tie, for example, that would, um, and this is getting into like, like we're getting real fast into some structural science. So, um, definitely come back and listen to this episode uh, when, it, when it airs. But yeah. um, a tongue tie can keep your tongue lower on your in, in your jaw. It doesn't allow the tongue to come up into the, the roof of the mouth. And the tongue is actually supposed to be the natural expander of the mouth and helps the roof of the mouth open up. And as the roof of the mouth opens up, the sinuses open up. And that's how your head develops as we are children. And if it doesn't, then the sinuses don't open and we get snoring and you do mouth breathing. The tongue falls back and then there's problems with the air coming through and we snore. That's like a really Mm. fast summary of all of that functioning. And then what happens is you have a head, you have a child's head who isn't quite maybe developing the way we want it to in an ideal way. We know that because the child's snoring and then you add braces to the situation and suddenly it's possible that your sinuses were like, like lots the any type of functioning they had really diminished. So that's okay. a structural that's 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 like a me um because we can't go back in time we can't always know but that's a story we could try to piece together of what happened why that time period and that that type of theorizing can help us then say what can we do to undo the situation. Um there is totally a a, a gut health component to this but one thing i would say from this is anytime you have two things structural and biochemical you've got a couple options as far as treatment pursuit you can depending on like if this is super overwhelming do only one one of these at a time be like you know i already feel like i've started working into the biochemical thing let me really dig into that and move forward as far as i can with it and then come back to the structural piece and structural could be going and seeing an ent if you really, if you're like super open to conventional hair, healthcare, ENT, that's an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And I'm I'm writing some notes for you just so you know. I know you can't see me. Okay. I'm going to write down this word, deviated septum. Just have them see if you could say, I'd be interested to see if I have a deviated septum. And that okay. is something that if it's really bad, um, they will recommend surgery. And I'd actually say that's one of the few surgeries I typically always think is great. If it's minor, say they, they say you have deviated septum, but it's not enough. The airflow blockage isn't enough for us to be willing to do surgery on you. What you can do is go and get something called orofacial. And I'm going to write this down. It doesn't want me to write orofacial myofunctional therapy. OMT. Now, Actually, I know where you live, which I'm not going to say on here, but I, I can tell you there is somebody <laughs> who does OMT who actually I refer clients to that is close enough and you would only need to do the first evaluation appointment in person and then everything else she can do virtual. And so um, like it would just be one long ish, not super long drive for you if you want to go see her. And she can also do an evaluation and screen you. Do you possibly have an undiagnosed tongue tie? Things like that. And she can help uh, an oral facial malfunctional therapist is like a PT. It's a physical therapist for your mouth is like pretty much what it is. retrains the muscles of your mouth and it can change how you sleep and your posture and all these cool things. Um and that could really, on a structural side, help your what might be going on and I'd say likely going on with your head just from hearing some of this health history. So structural component, and I'm going to actually. Organize your notes here okay. as structural or biochemical. Does that sound all right? Yes. And actually, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to share a screen too, so you can see it as I write. Sometimes when you get the notes, you're like, that feels like a lot. But if you saw them get written, it's less less mm-hmm. overwhelming. All right. Can you see some notes here for acacia? Yes. Cool. Here's your structural component. Yes. Check out an ENT or check on an OMT. You can do both at the same time or one or the other. Um, And I'm going to write the name of my gal here for you. uh, Who is so good. I'm not going to say it on the air here just to keep everybody's location private. (laughs) Um, But there you go. She's great. Um, And then biochemically... I would recommend a mold, some type of um, testing for mold in body, and I would recommend the organic acids test, OAT. Um, This will look for mold. It will look for candida, which I'm super suspicious you have. Um, Mm -hmm. It also can look for something C. diff. I don't think you have it, but you might. It doesn't hurt to have those markers in (laughs) in there. And then it can look at a whole host of other things, mitochondrial health. These ones may or may not be off for you, but it does include them, et cetera. But the ones I really care about are mold and candida. If you have mold, if you don't have mold, great. If you have candida and not mold, great. Move on, deal with the candida. Um, Candida's a whole other thing. Um, And how much time do we, we're doing great on time. Yes. Let me go back. Let me, I'm going to go back real quick to your everything we've already talked about here. Snoring, full breath, moving, your dental work. You have upper left abdominal pain. We haven't talked about that. That's super interesting. Yes. Tell me about when you get that. Like, what have you noticed? Um, is it every day? Is it in the mornings, evenings, after meals? Um like just really randomly and the middle of the night tell me about it
1: yeah so it's it's weird honestly so I noticed that like every once in a while I may eat like a cookie or like sugar or something like that and that's where I really feel it okay and other times where I feel it is when I'm like in a sauna like I'm sweating or if I'm working out I'm exercising I just feel it it's
0: just
1: sharp okay okay
0: let's play a little game Um, so I want you to put your hands on your ribs. So like the bony parts, and you can feel like where the ribs are the lowest of the bottom and then kind of, you can push your belly and then there's the ribs above it. I want you to Mm -hmm. move your fingers closer together and follow your ribs up. So they go up and then they connect at your sternum. So, um, your fingers should be touching each other in the center of your body as you're moving up. Okay. Yep. And you can feel your two ribs connect and- Compared to that spot up where the ribs are, where is that pain is it? Is it directly to the left? Is it lower into the left? Is it higher into the left?
1: I would say lower to the left,
0: lower into the left. Cool. Yes. But but above your belly button into the left?
1: Above, yep.
0: Okay. It doesn't tell me a ton, but it does rule out a couple things, or at least It does suggest it's not a couple of things. So I won't talk about those things. (laughs) Um, So the (laughs) cookie sugar thing definitely sounds like candida. Um, The in the sauna sounds like mold. And here's why. Saunas are one of the best ways to detox. Saunas and sweating is one of the best ways to detox um, any type of mold toxicity. And when we start to detox mold, we can stir up all the symptoms of the mold. It just is a negative part. So I get some clients who they get in saunas and they get headaches. Or they get in a sauna and they feel nauseated. Or they get in the. It's just whatever symptom the mold is giving them, they get it when they sweat. Um, so I'm like extra suspicious of mold now when you say you feel worse when you sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me is positive. We're like moving in a direction of more clarity. If, even if you're like, that's not what I wanted to hear. More clarity over less. And then the mold and the candida could be talking together and just making everything worse. So hence the cookie sugar. I also, um, one thing we haven't talked about or use this word specifically, but you did say bloating's also one of your top symptoms, a six out of a 10 intensity and candida is going to make that worse. One of the fun little questions I always like to ask, do you feel like your bloating is better in the morning and it gets worse throughout the day?
1: Um,
0: yes. Okay. Yeah. That is I, I definitely haven't seen it in all cases of candida, but it is the, I just feel like it just lights up. Like the, some bloating is related to other things, parasites or whatever, but candida is most active in the evening. And then of course you fast mm-hmm. overnight because you don't eat. So then it's going to be least, there's going to be the least amount of things going on in the morning. And then as you've eaten throughout the day, unless you fast, um, the candida has more food to feed off of. And then you feel the worst at night when you've been eating all day. Right. Unless you don't eat all day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually surprised fruit fasts. You feel okay on fruit fasts? I do. I feel way better, honestly.
0: Okay. I wonder if that's a digestion thing. Like maybe your stomach acid or bile is low. And then because fruit is, you know, a lot of sugar, um, it's at least includes protein or excuse me, fiber. (laughs) Includes fiber (laughs) with it. So it's not, you know, like candy, but Um, but I wonder if there's also a component where when you're eating more complex foods, so fat and proteins or, or, or like vegetables that have a lot of fiber and like just fiber in them, not a lot of other, like, and like fiber and minerals and vitamins. uh, Maybe that's another thing going on is that you might not have the digestive vitality you need, um, which Dealing with the mold and candida is going to help, but I also recommend some supplements and like a liver protocol. Um, So yeah, and then the fatigue. And that's just like most likely it's just your whole metabolic system gets thrown off when there's mold, candidas, shooting out toxins, making you feel horrible. Uh, It can disrupt your absorption of, of actual nutrients you do need. And so you could be eating food and not even getting the nutrients. Anyways, so okay, that feels like the full picture to me, Um, at least from what all the notes you've given me. I feel like that really connects with stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, let's talk about labs real quick then. So we already talked about oat for mold and candida. Honestly, GI map for H. pylori because you are showing like that upper left corner pain. Also, I see a lot with H. pylori, and I just um, I'm surprised, and you had like a nine out of 23 of the possible causes for H pylori. So that's the GI map, can look mm-hmm. for H pylori. It also, fun fact, has a gluten sensitivity marker on there. If you've been eating any gluten in the last six months, it'll catch it. Um, those would be the two minimum. Mm-hmm. You do have some PMS stuff going on. These are not helping. You could do something like a Dutch test, Um which is a urine-based test that I work with clients to see exactly where your hormones are at. Um, But if you're like really trying to be focused on your labs and do less compared to fewer, I'd really do the OAT and GI map. And then I'll put just here, additional labs would be the Dutch for sex hormones in particular, and the um, HTMA, just because it's like at least in in our practice, we do it right now. So if someone's listening two years from now or something, it could be more. <laughs> but the lab currently sells it for 55 and you get it for 55. And it's like just low cost, and it's like heavy metals and minerals, um, mineral balance. But those look into these two. These are your practitioners you can look into working with. And then as far as like some things you could do other than labs. <laughs> um have you done or uh, downloaded or or registered for my free liver detox protocol? Not yet. I would say liver detox protocol is what I start everyone with because it's generally pretty safe. The one thing I'll say is sometimes mold doesn't like to detox. So if you feel worse when you do any of this protocol, um, you can you can stop, but it's a big sign that you have mold. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to upload that to your protocol or, or to your client portal. So you'll have access to that. Um, it is two supplements and anyone who's listening can also get access to the same thing I'm giving Keisha just because sometimes I have clients that I've seen and this is all they need to get better. And then I send them off on their merry way. And if this is all you need, which unfortunately Keisha, this is not all you need. Um, but anyone listening, if this is all you need, have it, get better, be blessed. Um, these are the two supplements, liposomal glutathione and liver nutrients, and then castor oil pack. Really mm. simple ways to help your body detox. And if you feel worse, it's a big sign you have mold. Um, As far as mold, I'm just, I, I'm one call. I can't give you everything to do for the mold, but these are the things that I'd be looking into. Um, and then one, I'm going to give you something called, an, or a link to something called an ERMI test. And this could test your current living situation for mold if you want to do that because you want to make sure one of if you live in a if your current living situation has mold in it then you would totally totally be way worse off because you're already mold infested and then you as you're breathing throughout the night like cool if you go to the library to study or you go to class and there's no mold there great. Like you you still won't feel a hundred percent, but you're at least like outside and, and better. But then when you come, every time you come back to sleep or study or whatever to your living situation, then you'll feel worse, especially again at night when you're sleeping. So that matters. Any questions for me right now?
1: No questions yet. <laughs> Girl. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> that there's there's so
0: much hope. Like I have worked with multiple clients in cases like you and when they um when, when they are indicated for both the structural and biochemical and they are able to do both and everyone's timelines different you're like you, whether it's because you're busy or it just takes time to get appointments set up or finances or whatever but like as you as you tick these things off and get them evaluated and address what you actually find it's like the sinusitis becomes a part of your history and it's nice.
1: I actually have one question. Great um does dust contribute to like bad sinuses because I know like when I was younger my great-grandmother she like lived in a really old house and it was so much dust everywhere and I yeah. noticed my allergies like got bad over time
0: mm. yeah so dust is a composite of lots of different particles in the air um so like it could be everything from skin cells to like small little animal hairs and feces and all sorts of stuff. So, um, that to say is that mold spores can also be a component of dust. And so it's possible that that high level of dust, like when we dust, we reduce the amount of particles that can just burst into the air at any given moment. And it doesn't get rid of, say, if your grandma's house had mold, um, Dusting wouldn't have gotten rid of all your symptoms, but it would have minimized basically just the layers of stuff you're dealing with swimming in. and then not dusting and having the like just you know that the thing you just described, it would just have it would have it would been like, you know, on a scale of ten out of a hundred intensity exposure put you at eighty out of a hundred because it densified how much um exposure you were getting to whatever was making up that dust. So, Yes. And then, you know, I don't know if you're in this case, but we do get a lot of listeners who say, well, I'm allergic to dust. Is it just the allergy? Like the allergy is a specific part of your immune system responding called the IgE immunoglobulin response. But an allergy doesn't help the situation, but it's very different than actual having toxicity in your body. So, um, yeah, like if you were allergic to it, that would be just one more problem you were dealing with. But because you're out of that house and out of that scenario and still having problems yeah it just it, it would burden your body over time for sure okay and the fact is you didn't breathe well like your sinuses probably didn't clean themselves very well because um they there's i'm guessing there's narrowing somewhere in one or both or all like many of your sinuses we have multiple sinuses um because of probably some facial like how your face was developing and then if they're not, then when anytime you breathe it, say you have a sibling and their face is developing fine and yours isn't, your sinuses aren't getting very cleared cleared out, and then you're stuck with whatever you got exposed to that day. So yeah, it it compiles it faster wow, okay, but it's it has the same solution um as we've talked, structural component and biochemical component um. This is, I mean, it's great information. I feel like this is a super solid plan. As far as it doesn't tell you exactly, like it doesn't get into everything you're going to do, but it is more, you know, what we have six six next steps for you here. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, do you? How do you feel right now? Do you feel like you have a little bit more clarity on like root causes? That was one
1: of the things that you were really interested in. Yes, I definitely feel more confident and you know, getting to the root cause and healing. So definitely have more clarity on that. Cool. And, uh, I, I want, I just want to, I
0: don't know how much you follow the podcast or anything, but I just want to invite you to the better belly blueprint because all the labs I talked about today, that, that oat test and the GI map test I talk about in the better belly blueprint. I talk about how to deal with mold in the better belly blueprint. I talk about, um, like in depth, I give you a candida protocol. I give you everything that you would need on the biochemical side of things that we've discussed today. And so, um, have you heard about the better belly blueprint
1: yet? I have. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I don't (laughs) know what I do. Do you have any questions on it or anything there? I don't, I don't want to, You don't have to make a decision or tell me yes or no. My feelings won't be hurt, but I did want to, I didn't know if it was on your radar at all or if you had questions.
1: Um, no questions yet, Cool. but I will, I'm sure I will have some questions though.
0: Okay, cool. Um, there's like an email at the bottom of the better belly blueprint page. If you just want to email any questions about the course, but enrollment does end May 31st and I would just say like, it's the most affordable thing that I've ever seen in terms of functional medicine for dealing with all these things. The lab costs are still the same, but the practitioner costs are really affordable. So if that's something you could swing um, and if it doesn't work now, it'll be reopening in the fall. But otherwise I would love to dig deeper into this with you, Keisha. Definitely. Thank you, Allison. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on to the Better Belly Podcast. Hey friend, I hope you loved this episode. If you've been a fan for a while or newly loving this podcast, can you do me a favor? Drop into Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. When you leave a review, you do so much. You help me know you're listening. You can tell me what you're loving so I know what to make more of. And you help others by boosting this podcast so other people like you can find the podcast too. I mean, It's a win, 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 right? So if you want a way to pay it forward, just go to Apple Podcasts or click the link in my show notes and leave a rating and review. And if you want some more free stuff, just head over to my free Facebook group, BetterBellyTherapies.com slash Facebook, and you can get access to all of my free support for you, including some Facebook group exclusive stuff like my podcast episode vault, where you can search the BetterBelly podcast by topic and find exactly what you need to expedite your healing. I cannot wait to see you guys in there. Catch you guys next week.